Christmas for us starts in June, you know. I'm talking to Lewis McLean, who is not only very Scottish... I have a tendency for saying I instead of yes, so... Uh, but he's also the managing director of McLean's Highland Bakery in Scotland. Fourth generation bakery family, so uh, we, we originally started baking in the island of Lewis, hence my name... Uh, but we left there in 1978 to set up our own bakery. And seeing as how Christmas begins for him in June, he was already deep into the Christmas season when we spoke back in September of this year. October will be busy and it will start tapering off in November. Why is he so busy? And why does Christmas start for him in June? Well, it's because McLean's is a producer of what is arguably Scotland's signature contribution to Christmas, shortbread. I say arguably because Scotland also has some of the best whiskey in the world, but that's a discussion for another day. Shortbread is available and consumed year-round in Scotland, just as it is here in America. But as the Christmas season approaches, the supply and demand equation changes dramatically. From the summer, it just starts ramping up. Every sort of shop, retail, supermarket seem to have you know, a, an end with shortbread, tin shortbread especially, that's quite a big seller. You know, they buy it in September, you know, I think it's one less thing maybe to buy, you know, so they, it's got, you know, usually shortbread will have about a year's shelf life on it, so, you know, you're quite safe to buy it and say, all right, at least that's one, one less thing to buy. During the busy season, McLean's produces roughly 70,000 to 85,000 boxes of shortbread a week and they're just one of many producers in a large market. Sweet, crumbly, buttery, what's not to love? There's a beauty in the very simplicity of shortbread. It has like five ingredients, maybe a couple of more if you make specialty flavors like McLean's does. That includes lemon zest, honey almond, and what Lewis describes as trendy flavors. So, you know, a salted caramel shortbread just now would be uh, very popular. Uh, you know, will it be here in 20 years? I'm not sure, but uh, you know, we certainly make a lot of that just now. And what exactly is shortbread? Why is it everywhere at Christmas? And why do the Scottish seem to have a special claim on it? That's a story involving economic necessity, political alliances, women's petticoats, a queen, and possibly just a little bit of casual tax evasion. So let's get ready to crumble. I'm Brian Earle. This is Christmas Past. For a bread that's short, its history is long. Exactly how long, in the particulars of how it all came about, though, are unclear. The origins of shortbread are definitely misty at best. That's Max Miller. He's the host of the wildly popular YouTube channel Tasting History and the author of the New York Times bestselling book of the same name. And it's misty because it wasn't until 1736 that a shortbread recipe first appeared in print. That recipe was included in the very first Scottish cookbook, as a matter of fact. But by that time, shortbread was already centuries old and had gone through several stages of evolution. The first of which bears pretty much no resemblance to the rich, crumbly, sweet, buttery biscuit we know today. And that's because it started out as less to do with creating a sweet treat and more to do with economics and food preservation. A lot of historians believe that it started life as kind of taking leftover bread and basically getting all the liquid out by kind of baking it again, almost like uh, biscotti or hardtack. So it just, it stayed much longer. 
Hardtack is a dense, bland biscuit, the kind of thing soldiers or sailors would have as rations. And while hardtack is flat, or short, you might say, that's not what inspired the name shortbread. Yes, shortbread is short in stature, as far as bread goes, and keep in mind that at this point in history it is still a kind of bread, not a kind of cookie. But the short in shortbread doesn't refer to its height. It refers to its most important ingredient. You see, shortbread didn't become shortbread until shortening was added to it. Nowadays when you hear shortening, you probably think of something like Crisco. But shortening is any fat that's solid at room temperature, like lard. And lard probably was the first kind of fat added to it. We don't know for sure, because again, early recipes weren't written down. We do know, of course, though, that eventually the fat added to shortbread would be butter. And it's very likely that we can thank the French for that contribution. The French have been using butter for a very long time. But wait a second. The French? Didn't we say that shortbread is a Scottish creation? Well, yes and yes. The story of how all of that happened begins in the 13th century when Scotland and France formed what was known as the Old Alliance. At the time when it started, the King of England was Edward I, or Edward Longshanks, same king from Braveheart, and he wasn't a particularly nice guy. He was very effective as a king, but not particularly nice. And uh, two of his great enemies were the Scots and the French. So Scotland and France said, we both hate England, let's team up and hate England together. The alliance started as a formal agreement between the two countries that if England attacked either one, the other country would invade English territory. Technically speaking, the old alliance is still in effect, inasmuch as it was never formally revoked. But practically speaking, it lasted about 300 years. And in that time, Scotland and France saw a lot of intermarrying, exchanges of cultural ideas, diplomacy, and the like. And if you show the French any kind of food at all, it's just a matter of time before they start adding butter to it. That was a step in the right direction, but it's still not the shortbread we know today. And even with the butter, it still would have often been made with yeast because it started out as a bread. And so it was this leavened bread that was often sweetened with either sugar or different flavorings and then had the fat in it as well. In fact, some shortbread recipes would continue to include yeast as late as the 19th century. But at some point well before the 19th century, the yeast would in most cases come out, and what we'd be left with was something buttery and sweetened, crumbly and delicious. Delicious enough, in fact, to receive a royal endorsement in the 16th century. There's nobody more Scottish than Mary, Queen of Scots. She was the icon, especially at a very turbulent time in the history between Scotland and England. And she she promoted the, the shortbread and really kind of made it one of the more popular confections to have. And she was especially fond of shortbread baked into one of its most popular designs, one that remains popular today, the petticoat tail. Why are they called petticoat tails? We don't entirely know where the name came from. It could be a corruption of the French petit castel, uh, which means little cakes. It could also be because it kind of looked like a part of a woman's petticoat at the time that would show through the dress uh, in that kind of triangular shape with the curved bottom. Those petticoat tail designs are just one of many that we've seen throughout history and today. Early on, the shape would have been kind of in the shape of the sun. It was round and had the edges twisted so it looked like rays of the sun coming out. Later on, 
the shape was less important, but that round shape did still stay very popular, just like the, the petticoat tails, and they would make molds. But another popular way of doing it was to cut it into fingers and kind of layer them. At this point, not only is shortbread very popular in Scotland, it's also nothing at all like a bread. But the name stuck. And not for the reasons you might think. It's not that people were simply used to calling it that, or so the story goes. The story goes, and I, I preface it with the story goes, because there is no hard evidence. The, the people who were selling it made sure to keep the name shortbread because the taxes on bread were much lower than those on things like candy, confection, cake, other thing, other sweet pastries. Now, all of this is well and good. We're learning some culinary history, some Scottish and French history. But what does any of this have to do with Christmas? What's the connection there? It might go all the way back to pagan times when they would eat during Yule. They would have the Yule bannock, which was a flat cake in a round shape. And whatever the original connection, it's also likely that the very nature of shortbread makes it something that would be popular during times of celebration. The amount of butter in the dish makes it a rather expensive dish to make now and even more so back in the day. And so it was saved for special occasions and, of course, the holidays. Here in America, the shortbread displays disappear off store shelves just a few days after Christmas. But in Scotland, they keep it around just a while longer for the Scottish New Year celebration of Hogmanay, which traditionally would have included shortbread. It was something that you could bring to to friends and family when you go, uh, you know, visiting, uh, which was something very important at the time um, for Hogmanay was to go see your neighbors. And so, you know, you could be greeted then with something delicious like shortbreads. At this point in the season, you've almost certainly seen some shortbread on the store shelves. Again, if you're in Scotland, you've probably been seeing it since the summer. Indulging in shortbread is one way to get an early start on the season. Another is to do like Kurt in Missouri did one Christmas a few years ago as he shares in this Christmas memory. It was actually November of 2019. We had, uh, my wife and I had taken a trip um, into Europe on a riverboat. It was getting near the end of the trip. One of our last um, stops was Vienna. And my Christmas surprise was within the the town square. And they had uh, an early opening of a Christmas market. And... uh, it was wonderful. It was lights everywhere, people everywhere, little shops. That was uh, my, my great uh, Christmas surprise in 2019. Have a good Christmas. Thank you for your podcast. Bye. So, what about you? Do you have any favorite Christmas memories involving shortbread, European travel, or anything else? Share it with the rest of the Christmas Pass family this season. All you have to do is record yourself speaking into your phone's voice memo app and send it to christmaspasspodcast at gmail.com. Keep it reasonably short, clean and family friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California by yours truly, Brian Earle. Thank you so much to Lewis McLean and Max Miller. Check out the show notes to this episode for information about tasting history and McLean's Highland Bakery. Thanks also to Kurt in Missouri, and thank you, as always, for listening. You can drop me a line anytime, and I always love to hear from you. Again, I'm at christmaspasspodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please join our private Christmas Past Facebook group if you haven't yet. And hey, if you're really feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover this show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a review, I'll send you a Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card as my way of saying thanks. Reach out for details. And until we meet again, may your days be merry and bright.